Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, hello, and welcome to another Get Genius episode. Today, my guest is Kathy Knowles. She's a speaker, trainer, and consultant who speaks on the seven-step system for creating more purpose, profit, and possibilities rather than running a business that's stealing your soul. She works with entrepreneurs and small business owners to hire the first, hire right the first time and have more loyal and dedicated employees and customers. This will be the main part of our conversation today. And it's awesome. You will learn so many things about how to hire somebody, which is so important. And I think that people don't realize how much of a struggle it could be, especially if you make the wrong hire. And uh, you can avoid a lot of that by just listening to today's interview. Ultimately, she works with clients to help them really hire right the first time and takes them through this process of of what it is that they need to do in order to understand what it is that they're looking for, how they can find that and attract that, and then the interviewing process, which, which is really cool too. And she says it is not a conversation, it is not an interrogation, and she goes more into what it should be. So listen out for that. Um, she's She actually coaches on a lot of different things um, in terms of building your business and really how to gain more clients without having to work so, so hard at it and how to empower your managers into being leaders and those really important things to look out for when building your team. And there's there's a lot of key takeaways that I hadn't thought of myself. And then there's some that we actually share and have in common, which is really cool. So take a listen. I hope you'll enjoy and you will find all of her information noted at the end of the interview. Enjoy. Hello, Kathy, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Summer. I'm so excited to be here. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. And we're going to talk about some important stuff here. So <laughs> I I really appreciate all of your, your expertise because um, I think you're going to answer some really good questions for especially our listeners that are entrepreneurs and building teams and, and wondering how to how to get the right people on their team. <laughs> yeah, it, that can be a little dicey. Yes. yes, yes, it can. It can. And it seems like something that that could be easy when you think about it, like, oh, I'm just going to find the perfect person. But that's not always so easy. But before we go yeah. into all of that, I'd love it if you could give um, kind of the the background. I'd love to hear like how you got into doing what you're doing today. Yeah, yeah, Summer. Um, well, I have, I've been in HR, actually. I've been in a, a human resource director for Oh, in one facet or another for over 25 years, whether it be actually in the recruiting side or being that HR director that sort of handled everything, right? Yeah. And while I was doing that, I was in a space around probably 2011 where I just wasn't feeling satisfied in my role anymore. I had this really deep burning desire. And although I had always been very entrepreneurial within the corporate arena, um, 
I felt that I, I was still being tapped out, capped out, and everything that goes along with that. So started my business in 2011, burnt the candle at both ends, really um, an interesting time for me. Uh, and then in 2014, I just decided to take the leap and leave corporate completely. And it was really, really scary. <laughs> <laughs> that is scary, but I love those stories at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things where I was actually the breadwinner and, um, you know, you have that great six figure salary, right. And the four weeks vacation and dental and medical for the whole family and 401k. And I just knew it's like every day that I had my business while I was still working in corporate, my roots, right, started to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And I could feel my energy and vibrational frequency or whatever you want to say, vitality was shrinking away with me trying to do both. And it just got to be where everything lined up. And I said, no, now is the absolute time. Um, there was someone working within the organization that starting to kind of um, change the culture. And I had always been responsible for that culture in the past. And I wasn't appreciating really where it was going. And I said, oh, this is this is my this is my time. This yeah. is everything lining up. So I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> so then where did you go from there? What was the idea? What was the, the dream that you were going to accomplish uh, now? You know, it's so funny because it started out to be women empowerment. When I, when I left corporate, I really didn't want much to do with corporate at all. I, um, <laughs> I said, nope, I don't want to do that. I just want to be in this space. Uh, where I can empower women. And, you know, Summer, I think part of the reason why I did that and chose that was because I need to empower myself, right? Yeah. And so often that's the way it works. So um, I did that for a couple years, and then I found myself at a retreat in Santa Fe, and all these amazing women were there and remarkable, open-hearted um, resilient, speaking their truth. And they were, they all owned their own businesses and, and had amazing professions and who they were. But I just kind of found myself saying, wow, I'm missing something here. I'm missing that factor, that piece of putting together teams, of really honing in that whole art and science, right, of hiring. I'm missing those components of working with whether it be solo entrepreneurs that want to grow their business or whether it be small business owners that um, are really in it to say, nope, this is going to change and I'm moving forward no matter what it takes. And, um, and then I said, I'm going back to what I know so well. And then that's when I went back home, shall you say, to that whole HR thing. Yeah. It's interesting because we, you know, a lot of us fall back on something that we know so well and you realize that there's a problem that needs to be solved that you haven't been, been, you haven't seen solved in a really effective way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was just so funny when I broke away from corporate, it's like, Oh, I, I have to walk away from all of that. And then I found that that's really where my heart heart was yearning for. But I, you know, I think that's kind of natural, right? For all of us that are doing the whole entrepreneurship thing. It's like, we have this huge list of um, I don't want to say what we did wrong because those wrongs were such huge lessons for where we are now. Right, right. <laughs> but but we have this huge list of, oh boy, I could have done that differently. <laughs> oh, totally. 
but that's part of it. I mean, that's the that's the only reason you do end up doing something differently is because of that lesson. So absolutely. It's a gift. It's a gift. Oh, yeah. So let's I want to go right to it. And absolutely. Let's let's talk about hiring and and creating a team that is dedicated to the vision of your business, the mission of your of your business. Um. I hear often, and and this is from, you know, really intelligent entrepreneurs that, you know, have have wonderful businesses, but they have maybe a lot of turnover in terms of their employees and the people that they are working with. And sometimes the first thing is, well, I can't afford somebody like that, you know, like the ideal that they're thinking of. And so they're kind of going to, to fix that immediate you know, scream within their business and they're just hiring the cheapest person they can. And then they end up spending a whole lot more time Mm -hmm. that they were trying to free up and a whole lot more Mm -hmm. money. Um, Yeah. How do we, how do people avoid that? Yeah. It's such an interesting um, circle. (laughs) Yeah. I think part of it is up to the entrepreneur or the business owner to get really clear on what is it they, that they really need. I think so often someone will come to me and say, oh, Kathy, I need help. I'm just so busy. I need that administrative assistant or I need that virtual assistant. And the truth is, is that really what you need? So I think from the leader perspective is for that leader to get really clear on a few things. Number one is what is that vision of the company? Where do they want to be one year from now? Because we have to remember we are not hiring for today. Yes, we want them to be able to come in here and do the job for today, but we're really hiring for the future. Yeah. And we need to keep that in mind, right? So number one, there's that. What is what are the values and what is the mission? And you know, sometimes I say that to people and it's like, oh, I don't want to go through that because they think it's this thing plastered on the wall. But the truth is, it's what we're already doing. Yeah. Um, it's what we stand up for. It's who we are in the community. It's all of those things. We are, our culture's already built. So it's just getting more clear on that and a little bit more aligned with that. And then, and then third, it really is about saying, well, so what is this position? What am I really looking for this person to do? And what are the results that I expect? And I think when you can sort of align those three things, magic starts to happen. That's when this whole blend of art and science starts to come together for finding the right person. And by the way, you... A lot of times we think, oh, man, I'm going to have to spend an extra $3 an hour to get what I really want. And the truth is, maybe you don't. Yeah. If you're really aligned with what it is that you are as a, who it is that you are as an organization and a company, and if you're really in line and being clear on what this role looks like, now what you do is you start to say, hey, I'm getting this. I'm getting what the behaviors of this person would be like. I'm getting what their attitude would be like. Uh, It's, you know, their soft skills. I, I, I can get a vision of what that would be. And then you start to go out in the world and you look for them, not with a job posting, not ZipRecruiter, not Indeed. You put yourself in the place where this type of person will be. So what does, 
what does the process look like of finding what it is that you actually need? How do you how do you get to understand that? Yeah, I think what it it almost comes down to, you know, saying what what are the results that I would want of this person? So if I'm looking out one year from now and this is where I want my business to be, then what results have to happen? So number one, you reverse engineering. Not only are you reverse engineering for your business, right? But you're reverse engineering for this person that it is that you want to hire. So how would you know at the end of one year that this position was successful? What would they be accomplishing? And I, and one of the things I always love to tell people is pull out your org chart. And if you're a solo entrepreneur, you may you may be doing everything, right? You may be the wordsmith. You may be the social media expert. You may be the assistant. You may be all of these kind of things. Um, but pull out that org chart and start to ask yourself, where is there a real weakness? Where is it that my greatness cannot be out into the world because I am doing something that, number one, I'm just not qualified to do, and number two, I just don't want to do? Right. And then really saying, well, if that part of my business were rocking, I mean, if I knocked it out of the ballpark in one year, what result would I see? And really approach it more from that way first. And then that's how this, this, this person, this position really starts to come alive in your mind. Okay. So now let's say I've done that and I've got this person. Okay. Here's, you know, here's uh, an area of my business that I'm, that I'm weak in and that I would like, I, I would love help. And ideally if that person came on board, you know, here's, here's the return I would see within, you know, six to 12 months. Yes. Um, and I've, I've, I've got it all noted down. I've got the clear vision. What's my next step? So your next step is saying, okay, so now I got to get really clear on what this position would look like. So you, you ask yourself again, we're going to go back six months, one year in, in one year from now, what are the key result areas that I really expect of them and how much time should they be working in that key result area? So, um, you know, let's say you had, you would hire, you want to hire someone for social media. It's starting to get real clear to you that you need help on that side. Let's say marketing social media. Okay. Yeah. So you know that you want them to, um, to be out in the world as far as being able to bring leads into the business. You know that you want them to be out into the world, um, telling, telling everyone about who you are on the different social media platforms. And you also know, because there's this marketing umbrella and component there, that there are some places where you're not being seen live, you know, at events or whatever it may be. So now you look at these three areas and say, okay, so what is most important to me? Well, lead generation is most important to me, right? Right. So I would want this position to spend 45% of their time on lead generation. And then I'd want them to spend so much of their time on the social media platforms. And then I would want them to spend 20% of their time or whatever it may be um, for us to go and, and be involved in different types of conventions or events. And, um, and then from there, now you're getting more of a clear picture. Well, okay, so if I want them to spend 45% of their time on lead gen, then what does that look like to me? And where can they come in with their greatness? to 
help me understand what else can be done in that world. Got it. Okay. And yeah. it's exciting when you just think about it, <laughs> just as you're saying, oh, it, <laughs> you yeah, go, oh my that, gosh, I can picture it. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, and I, and I know like right now it may feel like a lot, right? But it's not really, it's like, once you understand what this formula is and what these steps are, it can be replicated for everyone that you choose to hire moving into the future. So it's, it's really a cool thing. So now that you know that you want this social media expert, you start to say to yourself, well, where would I find that? Well, I don't want to place an ad really on ZipRecruiter or Indeed because I don't want to get 600 resumes. I want to be able to go where they are. What LinkedIn groups are out there that, that where these people are hanging out, right? What Facebook groups are out there? What colleges might have this type of, of uh, curriculum so that you could look to bring an intern on board? That's why I say it's not always about the money. Some people want the experience, yeah. especially if you're going to give them that opportunity to continue to grow it. Right. Right. So what meetups are going on? Um, who has some of the best uh, platforms in regard to social media in the community you live in? What companies? Who works there? You know, there's the peeling back of the onion of all of those kind of things. So... You are you then approaching these people like via LinkedIn via these different groups? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it can be something as simple as now that you're clear on the position as going out to some of these groups and saying, "Hey, look, this is what I'm looking for," and be really specific and clear, right? Because clarity equals focus. Mm-hmm. Be really specific and clear and just see what you get. Because the good news is if these people are hanging out in the, let's just talk about LinkedIn or those type of groups, if they're hanging out there, well, they, you know, they're not working somewhere else. Like, I don't know how familiar people are, but so often you can put it in ad, a job posting in Indeed or Zip or Monster. And I'm really not picking on anyone specific, but it's like all of a sudden, you know, you're looking for this social media person and someone applies that was a hostess or that's been a bus driver. And it's like, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But at least when you're in the groups, you don't see that. Right. You don't see it. They're not there. They don't hang out there. So now you've got some, um, you know, pre-qualified, I guess you would say, applicants or people that are are interested. What's the what's the next step? Is it an interview? Is it yeah. okay? Yeah. So the next step now is an interview. And to save you some time, if you're interested, you can certainly do powerful phone interviews initially so that the person doesn't necessarily need to, um, you know, come in and and take up your time that way if you're not sure yet. And of course, virtually, that's the way we do it, right? It's all phone interviews. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I want to say about the interview is, um, number one, it's not a conversation. Number two, it's not an interrogation. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I think of the interview as really storytelling. I like that. Yeah. And, And the reason why I say that is because when you ask powerful behavioral type questions, you'll see they'll start to tell you a story. And what's so powerful about behavioral questions is it's said that 55% Uh, When you ask for behavioral questions, 55 
90% of your hires are right because you are able to predict future on-the-job behavior. When you do just a regular interview, the kind of conversation thing, that's only about 10% predictive of if the person can really make it work or not. Mm. Yeah. What about any, do you suggest any, we, we do, we do Colby testing with, with our, um, with our team. Um, do you suggest any of that when, when I love that? Yeah. Number one, I love Colby. Yeah. Actually, I love two together. There's two that I love together. And I'm sure so many people on this call and and for you too, Summer, I'm sure you've heard of disc profiling, D-I-S-C. Yes. Yes. Love disc. I love disc because disc shows a person's natural personality. You really get the feel of, you know, who they are naturally as a person. Yes. And the beautiful thing following that up with Colby is... With Colby, they tell you how they do their work. Yes. So now let's say we're out looking for a business development person or a salesperson for our team, right? And we all know salespeople can cost us a lot of money if they're not the right ones. Oh, yeah. Just because of the amount of time it takes to train them. So now what you can do is you give them the disc, you look at the personality, you know they want to be a relationship builder. And you know they want you want them to be able to close the sale, right? To right. not be able to fade to call on leads. So they need to be a higher D, which is assertiveness, a higher I, because that's people skills, and you want them to build the relationship. But now on Colby, when they've completed that and they're strong in follow-up, you are going to have, chances are, I mean, you still have to ask the questions and everything else, but chances are you are going to have a salesperson that will knock it out every single month, quarter, and year. Because those are three powerful predictors of what it is that you're going to get. Right. So powerful. Totally. Love, love, yeah, love, love those two, those two different profiles. Yes, I do too. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) So cool. Yeah. So now... Imagine, you know, you've got, I kind of want to shift into, we're we're talking about hiring that, that right person. What about teams and how they work together? Yeah. You know, I, I love, love working with teams. And part of it is because one of the things I do when I work with businesses and things like that, I, you know, we're talking about this disc and Colby, right? Yes. I love to do training. Um, and teach people within the organization what DISC and Colby really means and how through through understanding strongly themselves what DISC and Colby can do for them but right. do for the entire team because it becomes this fun way of being able to communicate, of understanding how certain people operate and and get along in the workplace. We learn to take things much less personally And I really believe in the growth of a team. I think that, and it doesn't matter what, what generation you were. (laughs) I think as human beings, we all want to know we're in a place to make a difference and to better ourselves while we're helping serve others. Yeah. So for me, goal setting is very, very important Communication to continue to build the trust 
is something that absolutely has to be there, not only for everyone on the team, but for everyone who leads that team. That's been the challenge is is so many businesses just don't communicate enough. Um, You know, you hear about the, you know, doing that annual performance review. I don't believe in those. I do believe it's very important at the end of a person's year to sit down and go over a few things. But for me, I want it much more future-based than past performance-based. Right. Because quite frankly, if you weren't performing, then why are you still here? Right. Seriously. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. It's so true. It's so true. So, yeah, so there's so many awesome and, and things to do with the team. And, and really, it starts with communication, them understanding themselves and them, them understanding the way the rest of the team works and ticks. And then it's giving them that, that gift of saying, so here's what we're looking for you to accomplish. And this we want, you know, we'd love to see done in six months. And this is nine. And this is a year. And we're here for you. Come, you know, meet every other week and just keep moving forward. Yeah. What are, what are some some tips or advice that you have for taking those, um, you know, the, the, the directors of your team, um, managers, and really giving them that uh, sense of empowerment and, and really allowing them to lead the, the people that are working with them, the people that they're leading, to actually feel like a leader? I think one thing, along with the communication, which, of course, I've already mentioned, is having that feeling of transparency. Mm-hmm. I believe that the more transparent the leader can be with the people in their department or with the whole company, um, the better off the whole organization is going to be. And it's funny, isn't it? Like like some of the greatest leaders we can think of when they're to that point where they can really be almost, almost not really vulnerable, but really really transparent and say, look, this is where we are. This is where we need to be. That's when everyone starts to rally behind it. So for me, that's very important. Open door communication, have to have an open door policy, um, as well as um, allowing you to really listen to the team. I believe in morning huddles, and it doesn't need to be a 45-minute conversation. To me, businesses have too many meetings anyway, but the power of that, that, you know, 15 minute huddle every morning, just to say, look, this is what we've got going on, uh, can serve throughout the whole entire day. Right. And it puts the whole, oops, I lost you, Kathy. We lost each other there for, for just a second, but we were talking about, um, you know, allowing our, our managers and directors and those who are leading, um, teams within the team, <laughs> Um, you know, and really empowering them. And you were talking about, you know, really being transparent, allowing the the open door policy, just really, it really sounds like to me, just really allowing everyone to feel connected to each other. Very true. You know, so often the team members have a better idea of what's going on or what should be fixed or what needs to be tweaked than we do because we're not out there. We're not out there every day. So it really is listening to them. It's getting them involved in huddles. It's giving them a voice where they know that what they have to say is important. And we may say, yeah, that's a great idea. We're going to do it. Or we may say, oh, we're not really sure if that'll work right now. 
Um, but thank you so much for the suggestion because, you know, a part of it we will do or whatever that may look like. So it's really important to have the buy-in of everyone. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Now, um, I know there's something else you're an expert in. And and because we have, you know, so many entrepreneurs, a lot of, you know, um, people that are in the business of gaining more clients. Yeah. <laughs> now, what what are some and I know there's there's probably a lot more and you have a plethora of information that I'm really excited to lead our listeners to where they can learn more. But what can you what can you offer us today? Just a few takeaways on on ways that we can gain more clients without having to um, burn ourselves out. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I love that question, and I'm so happy you asked it, Summer, because first of all, our team members really are our biggest customer advocates. I mean, our customers do work with our team members every day of the week, and they make our, you know, our team makes hundreds of decisions, if not more, on our behalf. And, and it really is building that relationship with them so that we're asking them things that matter. Again, it comes down to communication. Just in talking to the team, it's also talking to our clients. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? What can we shift or tweak just slightly? It's asking for referrals. You know, it's so funny. One of my clients, Corey, um, he was really burnt out. He was, he's a, he's in wealth management. He was, he felt like he was just not getting anywhere and Corey and I sat down and, and we spent a couple hours together just really going over what his typical day looked like. And his clients, his customers love him so deeply for the work that he does. And so we set up this small system and really small little thing on getting re- referrals. And do you know that Corey that weekend ended up going out and getting 11 referrals over the course of the month, he ended up, ended up getting 23 and he told told me, I, I reached out to him first quarter of this year because we worked together at the end of last year. And I said, so, hey, Corey, how's everything going for you? Last year, he made $65,000. Oh, sorry, $75,000 in his business all year. This year, first quarter, he made $75,000. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Yeah. And it's just about, you know, really, yes, they're your client, but build that relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah, don't be, you know, don't be afraid to ask for the referral. Don't be afraid to ask, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? What can we as an organization do differently? Bring them in to really be your partner. And amazing things happen with that. They really do. I think sometimes we we, we treat a customer or a client too much like a customer and client and not enough like the really amazing connection that they are, are to us. Yes. It's so true. It is so true. Um, I'm trying to remember something, a quote that I had heard, which was something about the, um, the price that you pay, the, 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 the amount of money that you get the first time when working with a customer or client is, you know, it tends to be such a small amount and I can't remember the exact statistics in, in comparison to the lifetime of the relationship that you have and what they bring to you. So it is yeah. so important to to nurture that and work in partnership. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, most of my much of my work is actually on referrals. And I'm so thankful for for the clients that I have and the way they show up in my life. So thankful for them. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. 
how how can um, an entrepreneur who you know we all go through different phases. I myself, you know, there's times where I remember, you know, almost I guess it's almost nine years ago when when we started the draw shop, my my business partner and I. And before that, I'd had a couple of other businesses, but. This one kind of it grew pretty quickly and our team grew pretty quickly and we learned along the way many of these <laughs> lessons on yeah, yeah. <laughs> hires and no you know and and once we got it right you know we we have people that have been with us since you know nearly nearly the beginning within the, that first year and it's incredible. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And 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 it seems that you know the more you do you start to free up some time to then do some other things in, in building your business but Often what happens is you still find yourself in phases getting back into the quote unquote day to day to day grind like they're all of a sudden you find yourself doing again some things that you're kind of on that repetitive. Oh, gosh, I'm here again. And now I need to find somebody else to help me. How do you how do you I guess the question is keep yourself out of of that so that you can continue to to grow and not get yourself stuck in the day-to-day you know as leaders um we love to control and yeah and and i don't think we do it intentionally i just think we're coming from a space of oh this is my baby right and this is the way i've always done it and again it's not an intentional thing But I think that when we can be really clear and focused on what we want the end result of that team member, that employee to do for us, then we need to move out of the way and let them do it, number one. And I think, too, so often we, by not being mindful of our day, and when I say that, I mean, what is the most important things that I need to accomplish today? And what will I let my team handle? By not having um, a, a means of communication, so let's say, yes, if it's an emergency, this is open door and come in and see me. But if this is something that can wait, can we have a meeting, a debrief every um, every day at 4.30, right? Yeah. It's setting up those goals and understandings and, and that that way of being able to say, well, this is what's important. This is not what's important. And really honoring that of really saying, no, these are the things that I said I would get done today. These are the most important things. And that's what I'm going to do. Who on my team can handle this task? Who can I delegate it to? Why do I feel in this moment in time that I have to control this? What is it about this right now that I have to have control of? And just standing in awareness with all those things, it makes a difference. It starts to have us thinking differently um, and just really being more aware of what's happening throughout our day. I think that's that's. Awesome. And I'm, I'm going to do that myself. I love that. I think that's so important to do. Another thing that I've, I've learned just about myself is you look back and you realize all the things that you thought you couldn't put in somebody else's hands and you thought only yeah. you could do. And you realize yeah. how far you've come and you go, well, I trusted them to do this and I trusted them to do that. I can certainly trust somebody to do this or that. But it is like, it's, it's something that you kind of have to have that if you're aware of it and you can have that check-in with yourself, you, you'll you realize, oh, I don't have to be the one that's doing A, B, and C. 
you know, so-and-so is totally capable of doing that. Um, And what's so scary is when you look at them and sometimes say, oh, they do it better than I do. And that happens. That happens. You realize, oh my goodness. Why did I hold on to that for so darn long? Yes. Yes. And it's so, it is so funny because I noticed that and, and, even with years of, of delegating, there's always that little twinge in my stomach. There's some things that I just am like, oh yeah, now I know that you are the person that can absolutely handle this. And then it feels so good. It's like giving this to you, giving this to you. But there are some times when it, when it's something new, there's that like, oh, it's a little bit of a knot in your stomach. Like, can I do it? And then all of a sudden it's, it's once it's in process, once it's in motion, you're like, oh no, this is okay. This will be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's so true. And have you, have you noticed summer that during those times when you find yourself like getting pulled back to the pulled back into the day and day day in and day out, like you know you're getting sucked back into it. Those are the times that you even want to control more. Yes, Have you notice that. Oh, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like oh, I can't believe I'm back here again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's really amazing too that once the you know the team that you are working with when they feel the trust from you because they feel it when you aren't trusting them and they feel it when they're, when you're kind of overlooking them, it's, it kind of allows them to not do their job as well as they could. But when you empower them with that, yes, I told, I know that you've got this and go ahead and run with it. It's, it's amazing how much they, I think themselves realize what they are capable of. Yeah. And and it allows them to be so much more accountable and take on so much more initiative because it's almost like, oh, wow, if Summer trusts me to do that, then this really seems right. Like this seems like the right next step for me to do. I'm just going to do this and let her know that that's what I've gotten done. Yes. And then we're sitting back going, oh my gosh, this is like remarkable. Yes. Back, back, um, I feel like it was about 10 years ago, maybe. And I was ghostwriting for a client. He said something to me that changed the way I looked at things. Um, and I had kept, I kept asking for permission on certain things. Can I write about this? Can I do this? You told me this story. Can I include that? Blah, blah, blah. And he finally said to me, he said, ask for forgiveness, not for permission. (laughs) I said, okay. So in other words, just go and do it. Just do it. And if something happens, then you can ask for forgiveness, but just do it. Just, I want, he was just kept saying, I want you to feel empowered and just feel like go run with it go and do it. And it was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And it gave you permission to go do it. It totally did. It totally did. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Very, very smart. Very smart. Well, I know that we could go on and on with so, so many things that you are just a, a genius in and you have, um, you, you're, you're a speaker, you're an author, you're there's so many things. And I, I'd love for our listeners to learn more about what you're doing. And I know because you have, you have your five steps for turning managers into leaders. You have, um, the seven step system for creating more purpose, purpose, profits and possibilities. So many like amazing things that I would, I would love for our listeners to get a hold of. Where can I send them? Absolutely. So my website is, um, intuitive strategies.com. Okay. And certainly there they can find out more information about about what it is they offer. But I also have a freebie summer um, for your listeners. Okay. And it's 18 interview questions, what to ask to get your ideal hire. Okay. 
But to do that, or and to do that, <laughs> because my IT person hasn't created the link yet. Teresa's working on that now. But if they would just go ahead on my webpage and send me a message, I will go, I will make sure that I send that out to them. All right, fantastic. Awesome. So intuitivestrategies.com. We also have your Facebook information, your, your Twitter, and we'll make sure to post all of that on our blog post and in the show notes. And thank you so much, Kathy. This was awesome. So many great takeaways. Thank you, Summer. I so appreciate uh, your great questions and the way you do your profiles. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> go Colby, go disc. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.